you know, it took me a few months to look for outside help. And that was the thing that I needed. I think particularly as someone who has been successful, it's hard to admit to myself. It was hard for me to say I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I'm a smart person. I should be able to figure this out. But it completely turned around my approach to finding a new job. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. Now we get to bring on all kinds of experts like Kathy Fetke, who helps people create space for themselves and make passive income or people that have pretty amazing stories like Jenny, who went through our CCB program and let go of other people's expectations to reframe her career search for a job she wanted. These are people that are just like you, only they've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. And today we get to talk to Laura Morrison, another person who is an alumni of our, our Career Change Bootcamp program. And take a listen to what she does right now. Yeah. So I'm really excited on Monday, actually, I'm starting a new role in product management at a company called the Predictive Index. And they do behavioral assessments with the goal of hiring the right people. And in their words, uh, inspiring them to greatness. And what I'm really excited about that is, you know, someone like myself who wasn't engaged as an employee um, means I understand that pain. And so what I'm going to be doing now is actually helping people and companies inspire their employees through different tools and understanding more about the people. Uh, and that's really exciting for me. As you listen to this conversation with Laura, you're going to find that we get pretty deep into how you can find your strengths, how you can learn about new career opportunities and even options for your career and even build relationships so that you can land, land not just a job, not just even your dream job, but really a job that truly fits at a company that you're excited about. And I think you're going to love that. Also, see how you getting outside help can often lead to your aha moments or your big breakthroughs and what, what that actually takes. And then... You can learn that, as it turns out, you're not alone in your career change process and how you can take some next steps there. These, uh, all of these fundamentals that you can learn about yourself and what you want in your life can not only help you land, land that next job in a role that actually fits, but also help you make pretty large changes for yourself, your family, and every, everyone in your life in the future. It's, it's pretty cool. So take a listen for all that plus more. You're also going to hear about a different way that you probably haven't heard of to approach the interview process that is much more genuine than all of those, all the things that you think you're supposed to do in an interview. You'll see what I mean as you listen. I think this is a struggle for a lot of people, but you know, in high school, you have to figure out what you're going to major in in college and you don't really understand what any of that means. And so for me, I was good at math and I had some engineers in the family. So I went into engineering um, and I did fine, but it always felt a little off to me. Um, and I couldn't quite figure out why, and I couldn't figure out what else I should be doing. So I stuck with it. 
Um, and so I had, you know, a college degree, master's degree, a few years in the work world and engineering consulting, and the whole time never really felt like it was a good fit for me. Um, and so, you know, my first career pivot was actually into sustainability consulting. Um, after a few years working, I went back to grad school with the goal of pivoting. Um, and I landed myself at a really great company that I was at for eight and a half years. Um, and I was excited about it because sustainability is forward looking. Um, it's a, it was a startup feel company, which I was looking for. And I had a lot of freedom to grow really quickly. And so for a while, uh, that felt like a good fit and it felt like something I could be passionate about. And then over time, uh, it just wasn't anymore. Um, but again, I was in the same position that I had had kind of in college and beyond where I didn't know what else to do. And so I just kind of stuck with it, kind of only half thinking about what else I could be doing. So I'm, I'm super curious about, first of all, what do you feel like changed? What, because, I mean, you were excited about it at one point. Yeah. I think in the beginning, um, a new challenge is always exciting. And then I think in that eight and a half years, I had four different roles and the new challenges and the new role were exciting. But the, the length of excitement I had from just learning something new kept getting shorter and shorter. Um, so I think that's one thing that changed. And then by the end, I didn't actually feel like I was learning that much anymore. Um, and for me, that if I'm not learning, I'm not engaged. And I work with a lot of people who are really passionate. And I almost found myself having to pretend to be passionate uh, when I wasn't really feeling it. So that was pretty hard on me. That's interesting. What, what was that like? Clearly, it was difficult, but feeling... Like you had to pretend to be passionate. Yeah, it was tough. And, it, you know, by the end of, of this past role, I had 10 people reporting to me. A lot of them were early in their career. Um, and I wanted to do a good job of inspiring them. But because I wasn't inspired myself, it made me feel like I was being inauthentic um, to kind of hide the part of myself that wasn't engaged, that wasn't super passionate about our work anymore. Um and so it just, it, it basically zapped all my energy, um, where I would kind of put on this kind of extroverted fake smile at work every day and then come home and be unhappy. Do you remember when you started to realize that? Oh, I hate to admit this, but it was probably three years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, at the time our company was going through some management changes and, you know, there are other life things going on. You know, I was trying to start a family um, and all of that combined was just exhausting. Um, and so I think I knew that it wasn't a good fit and I've known that for a long time. But again, without knowing what to do next or even how to think about what to do next, I just felt really stuck. That is, I think that is one of the biggest problems that many people have, especially high achieving people that had gotten into a role similar to you where they were excited about it at one point and you know, they have, have lots of responsibilities and you know, something's changed along the way, but you don't necessarily know what to do next. What yeah. did, what did it, uh, 
what were some of the things that you considered or tried? Because it, you've been thinking about this for years yeah, about making a change and, and doing something, but it sounds like kept coming back to that point where not entirely sure what to do next. So what were some of the things that you considered or thought about or tried along the way? Yeah. You know, it's a lot of it was staying within the sustainability field. It took me probably a couple years of passive looking and talking to people to figure out that there weren't roles in that field that I was interested in. So I looked at, you know, what is it, what does it mean to do my role, but not as a consultant, but embedded within a product organization, for instance. Um, And I talked to, you know, I would go to sustainability networking events and talk to people in those roles. And um, I just wasn't getting the excitement. I think it excited me for a little bit. And then a lot of the reason that didn't work is a lot of those kind of product manufacturing companies aren't based in Boston and I wanted to be in Boston. So it kind of took a lot of opportunity off the table. Um, and I guess the other thing I tried to do was look internally. So at my own company, we do sell or my old company, I guess we do sell software and I talked to a bunch of people for a couple of years about product management in the software that we sell. So that's basically the role I'm taking at a new company, but I was talking about it, doing it at my old company. And, um, you know, the team, the software team was in Germany. So, and it was also having a lot of trouble. So it just never really worked out. Um, you know, I, I talked about doing more marketing at my old company. And again, the marketing team was having some struggles. So it wasn't, it really wasn't going to work out. Um, I think maybe if I had stayed another year, I could have pivoted in my existing organization into one of those roles. But, you know, at that point, I, I was ready to, to actually just kind of make, make the jump and leave the company. What, what made you feel ready to be able to make the jump in? Like what, what actually took place? Was it just the culmination of all those conversations and realizing, Hey, it's not going to happen here. Or was it something else? What uh, what made you feel like, Hey, at that point I was, I was just ready to leave. You know, I think what's, I think I knew I was ready to leave for a long time, but what actually made me take the steps to leave is a little bit different. And so, um, you know, I was on maternity leave for seven, eight months or so. And I met a lot of working moms as part of that and had a lot of career conversations with them. And one of them recommended to me a career coach who was based in Boston, who's a older woman who'd been working at Radcliffe for, you know, years and years and her, had her own private practice. And I actually finally decided to kind of invest in career coaching. And so I had one session with this woman and I had like a mile and a half walk home. And the thing that really stuck to me is that it was the first time I'd ever heard that there were tools and processes to help me figure this out, that I didn't have to just think about it and look at job postings, but that I could do other type of work to think about what I wanted to do next. And she said something to me about, I can't recommend a book for you. It's very personal, but find a book you want to read about career change. And that's your first bit of homework. Mm -hmm. And my reaction was, I don't like reading really but I love podcasts. And I had this mile and a half walk home where I was really excited and I found your podcast. And so I listened to it on my way home and then I kind of binge listened to it for a week, which is I think the point where we talked for the first time. 
And all of a sudden I heard all these stories and tools about things that I could do that didn't, it was okay that I didn't know what I wanted to do. I could still take steps to figuring out what I could do next. That is interesting. You know what? I didn't actually realize that's, that's how it happened. That is, yeah. that is fantastic. <laughs> and, and now, <laughs> not that long later, you're on the podcast. And <laughs> yeah, one and, of my personal goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah check. <laughs> Before we hit record, you were talking about uh, you built this list of of national parks that you wanted to go see, and you just yeah. recently gone to Yosemite. So now you've got you've got several things checked off a list. Wait, wait, awesome! <laughs> Thank you. Feels good. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have so many questions because okay. I think that there's so much for other people to learn too that are in that same space or have been in that same space where they aren't sure what to do and and want to know what to do next and you were kind enough to bring us along for the ride and allow us to sit uh, a sit co-pilot uh on on this journey and it's it's been a bit of whirlwind how long did it take from when you found the podcast to accepting a job offer oh boy okay um i think it was probably april or may that we first talked and I accepted a job offer about a month ago. So whatever that math is. <laughs> I was trying I, to do the calendar it, math too. It's, <laughs> it's about, six to yeah. nine months probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right in seven-ish, seven-ish months someplace in okay. there. And what you, you started listening to the podcast, had this realization that, hey, there is there are things that I can do. And then you, you, you talked to us and you ended up joining Career Change Bootcamp, and we started getting the opportunity to be able to help you along the way. But I, I, that that was just the beginning. I'm, yeah. I'm curious in going through this this process. What were some of the apprehensions that that you had, as you said about? Is you said about going <laughs> and figuring out, hey, here's here's what I might want to do, and then ultimately uh, moving through each step. Yeah, I think I mean the biggest apprehension I think is that what you don't realize is when you're in a a spot that you're where you're unhappy and you've been unhappy for a while, you lose some of your confidence about everything that you've accomplished. So you know, from the outside, someone looking at my resume would be impressed, but I was looking at it and I hated it. Right. Uh, it didn't, I wasn't proud of anything that I had been doing cause I wasn't happy doing it. And that didn't mean I didn't understand that it, there were some impressive things on there. It just didn't feel like me and it didn't feel, uh, impressive to me because I didn't enjoy the process of doing it. Um, and so I think a lot of that, that lack of confidence is, like tied into kind of the anxiety of trying to figure it out, right? What if there is nothing for me? What if I'm always unhappy at a job? And I think there is this whole mentality out there that that's normal to kind of be unhappy in your job. And I was starting to get to the point where I was maybe resigned to that being the case. Um, I also think, you know, in the process, I had my daughter and I took a lot of time off and thought, well, you know, maybe I want to be a stay at home mom. And I quickly realized that kudos to everyone who does, but I, it's not for me. I need a lot more adult uh, conversation, a lot more intellectual stimulation from from my work. Um, 
And so that was like another kind of thing I explored, I guess, job I explored that wasn't the right fit. Um, but there's a lot of emotion tied into all of that, right? It's not just a, unfortunately, it's not just a check the box exercise. It would it's be a lot so about, much easier if it was, <laughs> It would be so it? much easier, yeah. Um, we probably wouldn't have this podcast if it was as simple as that. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. So that was a big apprehension for me. Um, going through the course, you know, the, the first few weeks are a lot about self-reflection, and I love that. And uh, actually, it's part of the funny story about my new job is that as I was doing Strength Finder in Career Change Boot Camp, I was kind of talking my husband's ear off about how I loved behavioral assessments and how I wish I could talk about them all day. And <laughs> man, I wish that was a job. And then, you know, a few months later, I found basically that job, which is pretty awesome. Um, but then, you know, you get into the part where you really have to be vulnerable and you have to kind of go and talk to people and, and try to meet new people. And there was definitely a lot of apprehension around that as well. So it's, First of all, I love and I've, I've heard variations of that story so many times and it just makes me so happy that we get to be a part of any of those stories where uh, in this case, you at one point were talking your husband's ear off about, hey, I, I, I just love this self-assessment type uh, type thing and it would be super cool if I could do something like this and be able to be immersed in this world all day. And then now you're now you're going to be. And yeah. Absolutely love that. And I'm so proud of you for for going from that end to the completely opposite end uh, because that's not an easy thing to do as we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. That said, uh, what 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 was most difficult as you started flipping from the internal and reflection side which um, which is often the way that we'll work with, with our students and clients. Uh, we will go through the, we'll go through those internal side and really get the best hypothesis of what's going to be great for, great for you. But then at some point you have to flip into, okay, how does this mesh up with the rest of the world? And mm -hmm. as you were going through that section, what was, what was hardest for you? You know, I think I had this idea of the company culture I wanted right? I'm a casual person. I like wearing jeans to work. I like flexible hours and, um, you know, wanted a ping pong table in my office, which is just kind of a funny indication of the type of culture I was looking for. Right. And, um, but I didn't know what work I wanted to do. Right. So it's great to have a good company culture. And I had that before, but it's not enough because I wanted to work. That was actually exciting to me as well. Um, so that was the hardest part is to think about the work, but also as you and Lisa would keep pointing out is like, figure out the work later. Like just, you just have to start somewhere, start talking to people, start learning, um, about what other people do. Um, and I think for me, a huge mental barrier as well is, is that I felt really naive about what type of jobs were out there. And I felt insecure about how little I knew about what other job opportunities were out there. Um, and so the process of having to talk to people about what they do and what it actually means, as well as continuing to listen to the podcast where people were sharing stories about the work they do, that step in itself just really helped me understand what opportunities there were, even though some of them I dismissed pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think that's a common thing. And I've heard that quite a bit, you know, feeling, feeling naive about what types of jobs are out there. And I, I think that that, I don't think anybody knows all the types of jobs that are out there. Um, <laughs> we've got exposure to a whole bunch of them just because of the nature of the type of work that we do. But I was going to say, it, Scott, maybe you know all the jobs that are out there. <laughs> we know all the jobs for all of the Yeah, people. exactly. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it would be, that even might be easier if we did too, to, to help people in that way. But if only there was a list, that's another thing. Yeah. Here too. If only there was a list I could just go through and, and pick. And it isn't, it isn't that easy because even if we knew all the types of jobs, there's still other elements and other variables that come into play. And it becomes this somewhat complex problem of, of picking out the variables that are most useful and relatable and relevant uh, to, to you and how you work. And, and I'm curious, what was it about this, this process of going and talking to people? Because from getting to know you just a little bit through the, through the program and having chatted a couple of times and having had the pleasure of, uh, of helping you negotiate, um, it seems like you, you benefit a lot from conversation. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the, I'll go back to that kind of first session I had with this woman who's local to Boston, this career coach, and her approach was a bit different than yours. And I, I didn't love it because she wanted me to read a book about each career option, um, which, as I mentioned, not the best way for me to learn. It also is a big time commitment. And she wanted me to do that before I, I talked to anyone um, because I, you know, when you talk to people, you're taking up some of their time and you want to be knowledgeable about what you're asking. So that did, that didn't feel great for me. Of course I w I could have done it. Um, but I wasn't excited about it, but I know that I learn best by talking to people. Um, and the opportunity to talk to all these people in different roles added a ton of, of value to me. I think, um, one, I got to see a little bit about company culture, depending on if people were willing to talk to me or not, which is kind of a funny thing. And I also will, now always talk to someone who's looking and wants to talk to me, right? It um, changes that perspective, doesn't it? It, it does. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually hiring someone as I was looking to be hired, right, yeah. in my current role. And so it put a different lens on it. Um, but, you know, I think I was really nervous about talking to people, about making sure that I had something intelligent to say or had good questions to ask. So I did a lot of preparation, which is kind of my style to over-prepare when I'm anxious about something. So what type of I would preparation look at, would you do? Oh, you're going to answer. Yeah. Well, I'd looked at their LinkedIn profile um, and I would come up with a list of questions that I wanted to talk to them about. And for people who don't know, I mean, the, the idea is like a 15 minute phone call, which is really not a lot of questions, but I would have probably 10 for every person I talked to. And I would try to make them personal. And I would try to make sure I knew where they went to school, what common interests we had, um, anything like that, that could help me relate to them. Because while I really like working with people, I have trouble with that kind of first introduction part. Um, I get really nervous, like walking into a room and introducing myself to someone new. But if someone introduced me to that person, I'm, I'm very comfortable. So there's this kind of hurdle that I needed to get over to be able to have all those conversations where I could ask these questions. Um, 
And I, I literally would ask questions and sometimes they would ask about me or ask how they could help me. Uh, but most of the time they just told me about what they did day to day. Um, and I think I talked to probably 20, 25 people and that's a lot, that's a lot of kind of time and hours to learn about what other people do. Um, and it, it made me feel less naive, right. About what all the opportunities are. It made me feel much more empowered to make a decision about different types of roles that could be a good fit for me. What were some of the things that you learned through that portion of, of the process? Yeah, I think I learned that for me, that my network and using people I actually knew to get connected was really helpful. Um, that the cold calling part was hard for me. Um, and I would, so what I would do during these conversations is I would take notes and then I would go back and read through them and highlight um, kind of the pieces that resonated with me. Uh, and one of the questions that I really liked asking was kind of what makes you great at your job? And then when I would hear people say things that I'm interested in, um, you know, can relate to people kind of ability to make decisions quickly without all the information. Um, yeah, just kind of a list of, of things that resonated with me or that I was excited about, I would kind of highlight those. And then I would see that, you know, the product management role actually could be a really good fit for me because all of these people are saying things that I'm good at, um, and, and that I enjoy doing, which is a, is also, I think something I learned through the process, maybe not through those phone calls specifically, but through the whole career change boot camp, is that there's a big difference between things you're good at and things you enjoy. Sometimes they're the same, but they're not always the same. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much. <laughs> and we're absolutely encouraging people to center in and lean into those that happen to fall into both categories. Yeah. And, and it sounds like, you know, it was, it, it was interesting for me yeah, going back because I, you were working primarily with one of our, our coaches, Lisa Lewis, yeah. and I would get tidbits. She would either send me an email or, uh, you would CC me on something and get tidbits into what was, uh, what was going on in the different, the different steps along the way. And I would say that it, it wasn't necessarily always an easy road for you. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious what you felt like were some of the most challenging parts. And I know we chatted just a little bit before we hit the record button here, but I'm, I'm particularly curious about what you'd mentioned to me about going into a lull and yeah. And getting out of that, because I think that that is real. That's, that's human. And to some degree, we all do that sort of thing. So what, tell us about that and then what worked for you? Yeah. You know, I think, um, having a program that I was following was really important to me because I needed the homework and I needed to, to check the boxes as I went through the weeks. Um, and where I spent the most time was in this, um, test drive method, right, is, is having these, these phone calls. And so what would happen is I'd spend, you know, two to four hours and I'd research all these people and I'd get uh, introduced and I'd, I'd set up phone calls. And then all of a sudden I'd have, you know, four phone calls in one week that I was trying to juggle with, uh, you know, nap time on Fridays and work time Monday through Thursday. Um, and I'd have like, get it all in. I'd get, 
I'd have the conversations, I'd take the notes, they'd be great. I'd send follow-up emails and follow-up thank you notes. And then after doing four or five of those in a few weeks of, of, between the scheduling and the talking and the follow-up, I was just tired, right? And so be like, okay, I, I did that. Um, I know I'm supposed to have three more phone calls this week, but I didn't have any lined up. I didn't even know who the next people I were gonna be talking to were. And so I would often then kind of have a week or two where in the back of my head, I would know I would need to do that again, but maybe I would, I would take a break. I'd go on vacation. I'd say that I was too busy or, uh, sometimes I would do some of the other homework that I, I felt more comfortable in some of the internal stuff, like going back to my signature strengths or even skipping ahead to look and think about my resume. Um, and I think, you know, what got me to keep going back, I think one, like I said, is having this course where I knew I had other things I needed to do, uh, knowing that I was accountable to Lisa, my coach, but I think for the first time really being accountable to myself to get this done. And a lot of it was just like, all right, I don't want to do this right now, but I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend four hours on a Saturday working on this and moving forward. And then you get another flurry of phone calls and follow-ups and, and scheduling, right? And then it kind of happened in, in many cycles like that, I would say. And it kind of sounds like almost the the flurry of phone calls and, and scheduling and everything that came along with it was almost the dose of motivation to keep going or to pull you back in to some degree. Am, am I reading that right? Or how, how did you feel about those? Because it sounds like you're referring yeah. to it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of it is um, those conversations were really energizing for me, but I would still leave them being like, well, I still don't know where I'm going to work next. So I'm happy that I'm talking to all these people and learning all these things, but I didn't see the end goal. And so um, I think I tend to be push myself to be more extroverted than I am. And so I think there was an element of those conversations that was draining for me as well. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of both, but knowing that the conversations were good made it easy to be like, okay, I took a week off. Let's get some more on the calendar. Um, very cool. Yeah. And, and with those conversations and initially as you went into those conversations, you, you had said, Hey, I, I still don't know where this is going to end up leading. And clearly that right. part was uncomfortable for you. And there, yeah. is, there is some of that discomfort type reality that when you're going through and trying to identify what is a great situation for you and what is a great career opportunity for you, that there sometimes it, sometimes it is hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel, no matter whether you have a, a, a system and whether, you know, we've had many other people go through it before. It's still when you're in the thick of it can be challenging. So what 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 point did you start to see that, that light come back? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, you know, there were a couple of people I spoke with and their companies were interesting and they had job openings and they were offering to help me get my resume in the door. Um, and I, I kind of said, no, right. I said, you know, I, I'm not sure this is the wrong fit, but I'm not sure it's the right fit yet. And I don't want to apply to something I'm not super excited about. So like, I need some time, I need to, to figure that out. Um, 
And that was hard to do as well because I, because I wasn't particularly happy, the idea of an end um, was tempting, right? Yeah. Uh, an end that could be really cool and I'm sure would be a great opportunity, but maybe didn't hit the lifestyle choices I wanted or the day-to-day work that I wanted. Um, but I, so I think what changed is that when I started talking to people at PI, I was not just excited about the company or the people, but all of a sudden the role sounded exciting too. Um, and I talked to a lot of people there and they were like, everyone I talked to was so willing to give me their time and their kind of openly tell me about what the day to day was. And I just, it was such a great group of people. I mean, I got introduced through a friend of a friend and the kind of head of marketing there, like easily handed me three more names of people I could talk to on the team. And that in itself was kind of an indication to me of how generous kind of the, the culture is. Um, cause when you're busy and, and of course startups and everyone is busy, right. Especially at a startup culture yeah. and when they're willing to not just give you their time, but also time of their team members and other, other colleagues. Um, I think that says a lot about the company. So all of those things combined, um, started getting me excited about a job at PI specifically, um, which was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, but then also, of course, a little stressful because if that's uh, after all this and I've talked to all these people, if that's the job and the company I'm excited about uh, and I'm putting kind of some eggs in that basket, that, that puts a, a lot of pressure on myself well, to I hope rem- that it works out. Yeah, and I remember that that switch flipping there where yeah. you sent me the email and, said, and Lisa too and said, okay, I found this company that I want. <laughs> Now yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. What's How next? do I get it? <laughs> exactly. And what did what did you end up doing? Help fill in that part of the story for for people because essentially at this point, as I understand it, this was this was your number one company at the at the time yeah. where it's like, hey, I I I like this. I want this. <laughs> let's right. let's make this happen. So what what yeah. happened at that point? Well, I think, you know, a lot of the conversation that I had with you and with Lisa was really helpful to say a couple things. You know, I think you were really helping me understand the right way to approach the conversation, how to continue to build a partnership to really actually make sure that I wasn't uh, like that. I was actually excited about the role um, while building this partnership and relationships with the hiring manager there. Um, And I think what Lisa did as well was, you know, I I mentioned before that because I wasn't super happy with the work I was doing before, it made it hard for me to feel confident in myself. And so she really helped me kind of remind me that I had a lot to bring to the table and that I would be a good fit, not just for me, but also for the company that I could do a lot for them. Um, and because I'm so passionate about it, that's, you know, one of the reasons that I'd be a good fit there. Um, I mean, the, <laughs> the PI's whole thing is about uh, engaging employees, right? And when people are engaged, they bring a lot more to the table. And so being able to be myself and show how authentically interested I was, was kind of the primary thing that I focused on through the hiring process. How do you recommend? Having just been through this, I, th- I think what you just described is very difficult in terms of 
being able to be yourself or at least be confident enough to be yourself through that hiring process and share, share that part because it is, it is some level of vulnerability, right? But yeah, what absolutely. advice would you have to other people that are getting ready to go through that or are going through that? Yeah. You know, I think, um, if you found a role that really does line up with what you're looking for and something you're excited about and the strengths you bring to the table, then it's much less important that you know how to answer a million behavioral questions and much more important that you get yourself in a headspace to be yourself and be the confident version of yourself in those conversations. Um, it's a lot easier to say than it is to do. Right. And I think, I don't, I think Lisa maybe had a tip. I can't remember if it was you, Scott or Lisa about, you know, um, listen to a song before your interview that gets you pumped up. Or I think Lisa said, watch a video of your daughter, like just do yoga, go running in the morning, do something that isn't, that calms you down. Right. Um, or if you're a calm person that hypes you up, whichever way. Um, and I think, that was really valuable advice. And I think I did a mock interview with Lisa and I had prepared all these answers and I'd been kind of, I like writing. So I, I write down a lot of things that sound great on paper. And then as soon as you try to say them, you kind of stumble over it and it doesn't come out right. Um, and she was pointing out to me that I would switch from myself to like the interview version of myself. And the interview version of myself is much more boring, right? And so just that in itself, like after that, I actually kind of stopped preparing for the interview and started thinking more about how can I be myself with these people? Like I had been on the phone calls because I was comfortable there. So how do I go into an interview and, and figure out how to just be myself? That is super cool. And I'll, I'll even distinguish you you mentioned earlier being the confident version of yourself yeah and that is that i think is a small but critical distinction too because um we can go through as humans all of these head games where it's just like i'm just i'm just not confident anymore or i'm just not a confident person anymore or whatever else but i don't i don't think that that is true and i don't think that is helpful for any of us to be able to tell ourselves because we all have just like you pointed out a place where we can be a confident version of, of ourself. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the both genuine plus helpful uh, version to be. So that's interesting that you started preparing for, uh, for focusing more on being yourself rather than focusing on doing the quote unquote right thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So <laughs> We just covered a lot of ground here over, yes. over seven months. How, how does how does that feel looking back? Does that feel like a long time? Does it feel super quick? I'm, I'm always curious about that. You know, I think I had a goal for myself starting in January that I'd have a new job by the end of this calendar year. So that's exciting, right? And you um, did it. I did it. And I set that goal and I was like, God, a year's a long time. Right? Um, so it's a little bit of both. It, it In the trenches, it felt like a long time. I knew it wasn't going to be a month, right? Two months. I knew that I needed to do a lot of the searching internally to figure out what I was looking for before I could find it. Um, so I think 
you know, parts of those seven months or so felt long. Um, the, usually actually the parts where I was in a lull and wasn't doing much. I think for me, action and moving towards the direction speeds things up, or at least made me feel better about the time that it was taking. Um, but now looking back on it, I mean, the difference from where I am today versus where I was at the beginning of the year is, is incredible. Um, not just in the fact that I have a new job, but my mentality about my career, about my potential in a career, um, kind of the optimism that I gained through the the process um, is, yeah, it feels very different in a very good way. So what is, what is uh, it is a completely different place and it's been super cool for us to be able to see some of those changes along the way. But what, what do you feel like that has meant for you other than some of the additional optimism that you have going into 2018 here? Yeah. What, uh, what do you feel like that's meant for you? Oh, it means a lot. You know, I think having just had a daughter, um, which is amazing. Of course, she's almost two now. I guess I can't say just anymore. Um, it, I think for moms in general that you tend to shift all your focus away from yourself and now onto this kind of little creature that you brought into the world. And it's amazing, but it's also really hard to find time for yourself, to take care of yourself. Um, and I think for me, the career part is what I put most on hold. And again, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but partly because I, it felt hard and I was focused on something else. So now to be able to be kind of a mom when I'm home, but then the idea of going to work and being happy at work too, it's, it's all, it's just a very different way um, yeah, it just feels very different, right? If you're going to leave your house, um, leave your your kid with someone else, you'd hope that you're doing something fun while you're out of the house, right? Um, and that's something that I really didn't have. And now I'm really optimistic that I'll have that going forward. And I'm also optimistic that now it won't take me three years if I am unhappy again in the future. That is, you know, I, <laughs> when we, when we get the opportunity to work with people, I know that that is what initially people are very focused on the change that's now. Yeah. But I think personally, having done this for, for a while and being able to <laughs> witness a lot of changes, I think that's the, the most valuable part in the, in the long run is just knowing how to knowing how and having the confidence to be able to make changes for when something else in life changes, because yeah. it will, I mean, it, it absolutely will. And it's going to be something It's going to be, uh, you know, a promotion opportunity or it's going to be, I don't know, your boss leaves or there's going to be something there. Right. Laura? Right. Of course. And that is so cool that you feel prepared for yeah. when that happens the next time around. Absolutely. And I think that's where some of the optimism comes from. I feel empowered to kind of be in charge of my career again. Woohoo! I like. That. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to say. That is that is what I wanted to add right right then and there. That is amazing. Awesome. I am I am so proud of you, and Lisa is so proud of you. And we've shared your story with with our team already. Uh, we we do that behind the scenes for every single person that 
that ends up hitting hitting their goals or getting the results that they wanted to. We share that around on we use Slack for team communications nice. and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So we have a woohoo channel. <laughs> that's uh, that's where your story got shared as soon as it happened. So woohoo awesome. to to you too. And now you get to share in that as well. And I you have just done a phenomenal job. And you know, before before we wrap it up, I am I'm curious for if you're reaching way back to a year ago where you resolved that you, and you made the commitment, Hey, look, I want to, this is, this is the year. <laughs> yeah. I've been, been thinking about this for a, for a couple of years now, and now I'm going to do something about it. This is the year. What advice would you give to people that are in that spot that are just, just setting down this path to be able to be able to make the change? Yeah. I think, you know, it took me a few months to look for outside help. And that was the thing that I needed. I think particularly as someone who has been successful, it's hard to admit to myself. It was hard for me to say I couldn't do it by myself. Um, you know, I'm a smart person. I should be able to figure this out. But as soon as I, you know, had my first career coaching experience, it completely turned around my approach to finding a new job. Um, and it completely gave me the power back and the tools that I needed to do it. So I think, you know, if you know exactly what you want to do here, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast. Um, but if you don't <laughs> just know that there, there are a lot of tools and resources and people out there who can help you. Um, and for me, that made all the difference. That is amazing. Well, I am so glad that it did. Thank you for letting us hang along for the, for the ride and getting to, <laughs> Uh, getting to help you at every little point. I, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. And you and Lisa and the whole team has been a pleasure to work with. And I, like I said, I would, I've been talking to everyone about your program and I, I just think the best of the work that you do and, and the tools that you put out. Well, we, we very much appreciate that. Thank you for spreading the good word <laughs> and uh, keep, uh, keep it up. Do not let us stop you. That is, that is phenomenal. <laughs> Laura, thank you so very much. And congratulations again at moving into your new role. That is amazing. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. Hey, if you loved that story from Laura, well, if you're interested in the same type of change, we actually have, as of right now, we've just recently opened up Career Change Bootcamp 2.0, and we've made some massive improvements to the program. It's the same same coaching program that Laura went through as she made all of her changes. And we got the pleasure of helping her make a massive, massive difference in her life and ultimately get to the company that she really wanted to be with in the role that is super exciting for her. Check it out on our website. Just go to happentoyourcareer.com and click on Career Change Bootcamp or drop us an email, support at happentoyourcareer.com and we'll help you figure out if the program is right for you. And I really appreciate everybody going over, leaving us, leaving us ratings and reviews on places like Stitcher and iTunes. And I'm so appreciative. This one actually comes from M. Wills. I listen to a great variety of podcasts and Scott's H2IC is up there with shows that I hate to miss or must catch up with. And thank you so much for leaving those five stars because that helps other people not just find the show, but ultimately get to work that they really love. We've got even more in store for you coming up next week, which we have a return guest on the podcast. Somebody you haven't heard from for a while, but I think you're going to love. All right. Let's see what we got coming up right here. 
my daughter's nine and she comes home from school and no joke this is the conversation we have like every day dad can i take my shoes off yeah go ahead dad can i go to the bathroom yeah dad can i get something to eat Brooklyn, just do it. Like, just go do it. You don't need my permission to do everything. Now, if you want to go play in a busy street, please ask me first. But you don't have to ask for these things. And so I think it really is like we're trained in school and we're trained in society that there's authority figures and we have to let somebody else tell us what we can do. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happened to Your Career. I will see you then. Until then, I am out. Adios. Boom. Kapow. Kapow. Kachow.